0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. I think we have a mixed opinion of what happened with the uh, Golden State Warriors and Memphis Grizzlies game. At the end of the game, Ja Morant was approached by some uh, young fans, and they wanted a high five, and some of the fans had Golden State Warriors jerseys on. I mean, they're kids. They're probably eight, nine And John Morant was not even going to give him a high five. And uh, some people were like, oh, that's that's really cruel there. Here's here's John Morant on that
1: topic. You, after the last bucket, you got Drew the foul. and you go into the stands, and there's a little kid wearing yeah, a Warriors... He
2: disrespectful with that jersey on.
1: He, he, we'll say that again?
2: He was disrespectful with, <laughs> with the jersey,
0: jersey on. on. Used, no mercy for the little kid.
2: Nah, <laughs> we <We're> in Memphis. <laughs> it looked like he wanted to cheer, but he had that jersey on. <laughs> I apologize to him, but in that moment, bro take the jersey off and then dap me
1: up (laughs) do you expect him back and you want him back in a grizzlies jersey next to my next time yeah uh
2: somebody find you know his information you know i sent him one myself
0: it's a teaching moment all right you went there to see steph curry all right you get to see steph you get to see me but the memphis fans i'll dap with not you
3: yeah, Paul. So these were local kids, kids from the Memphis uh, metro area. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, uh, the Warriors bring in a lot of fans. People, they come to town, you're like, oh, I want to yeah. see the Warrior. I want to see Steph. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: It's a teaching moment. Yeah. It's like when Will Chamberlain told me to get the F off the bus <laughs> after a Cincinnati Royals game, and I went in there to get his autograph, and he probably realized that – this pimple faced kid out of Mason, Ohio, was uh, a Cincinnati Royals fan. He told me to get the F off the bus. Yes, Tom.
1: I think you just high five the kids, and then you whisper to them, next time we are a Grizzlies jersey. <laughs> and you would make their, there would be a great life story for them that that moment that John ja Morant gave him a high five.
0: I love this. You know what I would say to John? Eh, it's all right. You know, I, I, I'm not going to trade in my Golden State Warriors jersey. We came to see Steph Curry. Pick a team. That's what I would say. It's a teaching moment. Uh, Dan Levitard, host of the Dan Levitard Show with Stu Gotts and co-founder. Todd, you put down Meadow Lard. He doesn't work for Meadow Lard. No, that's what you say, Meadow
1: Lark. I know, but
0: you put... Meadow lark. I don't know why
1: type D. That's not supposed to be any kind of joke. It's not taking a shot. That is it it is Meadow Lark media, and I don't know why. Who are you calling a Meadow Lark? He's trying to start something.
4: Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. The K is nowhere near the D on the keyboard. What are you doing? (laughs) This is done purposely to mock my weight. The the last place that you guys can mock anything in America and in comedy in 2022 without (laughs) repercussions is to body shame me jackasses. That yeah. was very unintentional, but he's
1: hes right. There's like five, six letters between the D and the K in the middle row, though. Yeah, it's on, on the same row. close to each other. It's infuriating. <laughs> That's a poor job. lord media? So Damn. disrespectful. That's not cool by me. I know, but not see cool. now
4: I have to conduct I an know. interview. i we're off to a bad
1: start because I can't find the key on the it keyboard. Meadowlark. It was unintentional. I've been Dan getting Lebelard. so many mockeries
4: <laughs> of my own name. I've been Lebelard since eighth grade, wearing puka shells around my neck with a uh, with a double chin. I've been getting Lebelard. Wow. I've got to proofread these things. That's on me. <laughs> Infuriating. <laughs> it's a totally different company. Meadowlark looks to establish a standard that is not sloppy and fat. And then Fritzy said, we should have Lebetard
0: on and, uh, congratulate him on his retirement. I said, he's not ah. retiring.
4: <laughs> Never said that. Yeah, uh, this guy. You didn't this retire. This guy remembers. He doesn't remember how hard it is to leave ESPN because on the coattails of Dan Patrick, he soared into the sky, didn't need ESPN, was not dragged down by any Lebelard. He brought on the, 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 the machine that is, uh, Dan Patrick, you know. credible, a pillar of institutionalism. <laughs> and they just landed somewhere else in legacy media, unafraid with no help. And they were able to survive ESPN. I get reduced to LeBelard. Lebato- where are you now? <laughs> YouTube? You got a little YouTube channel over there, LeBelard?
0: Uh, Fritzy is is my Stu He Just riding mean, with co I, I mean, it's just
4: and infuriating. And I apologize.
0: Let's start all over again, can we? Can we start all over?
4: I mean, I, my feelings are hurt I know, now. and I I'm, don't blame I'm starved, you. I'm I'm wounded. I know. Not everyone can be you, Dan I know, Patrick. You I know. know, like just leave <laughs> ESPN and gracefully, you know, <laughs> gracefully land someplace where everyone in legacy media wants to be associated with a pillar of professionalism. He's, Some of us just become Lebelard on YouTube.
0: He's the host of the Dan Lebitard Show with Stu Gotts, co-founder of Meadowlark Media. Dan Levitar joining us on the program. How's life?
4: My own producer is laughing here next to me. He loves metal lard so much. Um, It's good, Dan. I don't need to explain this to you or your audience when you can uh, leave the worldwide leader in sports and bring your audience with you and your audience cares about the things that you're about. Uh, it's it's a really nice freedom right to the degree that you and I uh, and I don't know what you've said publicly about this. were wounded because we wanted a company to just love us and and keep us forever in our bosom. Uh, they, they did us a favor by allowing us to leave with our freedom and our audiences.
0: I had a conversation with Dan. What was that last week? I think. And we usually have long conversations and, and Dan stumbled upon something and then all of a sudden I'm in therapy where you start to wonder if the people you work for take the place of your father, because I was 25 when my dad died and all my success, everything I've been involved with, I always had that sort of father figure at ESPN where you're always trying to impress them. And then when, when it feels like they've turned on you, it's like your father figure turned on you. And I was like, Oh wow, I've never discussed that before, but my dad dying when I was 25, and I kept looking for approval from ESPN. And even when I left ESPN, I'm looking for approval, as if to say, "Man, we never should have let you go." So it was kind of weird. Kind of weird.
4: I've I've always turned I've always turned my bosses into father figures, super eager to please them. So when you fail to be doing what well, I've always done that, and it's at least in part, I think because. Uh, My father, too, I I know it's such an interesting thing to talk about, uh, Dan, because television is a bit of a contrivance and you know the inauthentic parts of television. So my father and I had chemistry on television because of good editing, good producers, and our relationship has genuine warmth and love in it. But my father, old school Cuban, was somewhat emotionally limited when it came to making me feel proud, uh, that he was proud of me, or wasn't very verbal about those things. And so I grew up in a house where it was work, 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 try and survive the exile suffering uh, experience, get to freedom, and your dad will, um, you know, will love you his way that might not be as warm as you would expect. And so I spent my entire professional life looking for my bosses to care about me the way a company never does. And now I'm trying to build a company that does care about uh, its people that way.
0: And your dad would probably not... Call it Meadow Tard uh, media.
4: Meadow Meadow Lard. Meadow Lard. Meadow
0: Lard. Meadow Lard.
4: Meadow Lard. meadow Lard, Meadow Lard.
0: But okay, do you put your dad on TV? Is there something psychological about you know, dad, I made it. You're on my TV show.
4: I mean, it's a great question, right? Because I've always felt super indebted to my dad. Cuban exile comes to this country, makes all the sacrifices so I don't have to make any, uh, you know, gets me real legitimate freedom, Dan, in a corporate climate where it's hard to fight for that sort of thing. Legitimate freedom. Does the thing a father, you know, I mean, I don't know a lot of things a father can do better than... Make sure your life is better than his because he wants a better life for you. Made all the sacrifices so that his son wouldn't have to make a compromise. And I feel in some ways, it's why I call it the greatest blessing of my professional life to have been able to grow old on television with him next to me. Have a closer relationship the last 10 years than we did the first 10 years because I'm able to share it with him and be grateful for it. I didn't think I would ever repay the debt, but I'm happy that I was able to show him the love that would feel like I'm trying to repay the debt because yes, I I wanted that to be something that was proudly uh, ours, uh, mine and his, it was supposed to be my TV show, but I tell everyone and then that ass stole (laughs) it from me. He stole it from me. Uh,
0: You came to mind when I saw what was happening with the dolphins. You, of course, been on South Beach your entire career. Um, I, I just, it, it feels like there's mixed messages here, and, but, but they don't have a face. That, like When I think of the franchise, I still think of Dan Marino. Like I, I, I don't know if I've ever wavered really off of that, and I don't know what Stephen Ross, what direction is his compass pointing here?
4: All right, forgive me, because this is going to have a lot of history in it, right? But uh, this is the community that I have cared about most. And during my sports lifetime, this football team has made this community matter. And over my lifetime, since the time of Marino, I've seen this go from the winningest franchise in sports, winningest franchise in sports, to last 20 years, an uninteresting regional team that has thrown away all of those years could have hired Mike Tomlin, instead had a headhunter who decided that in choosing, he was hired to to get the power broker that would run the Dolphins. He did a national and international search, and the best person to run the Dolphins, he found in his mirror. He made himself Joe Bailey, the CEO, and that guy said that Mike Tomlin was too hip-hop and they weren't going to hire him. And then they went through Cam Cameron, all those people that they've gone through. And you've seen that the Steelers since then have been, they've had three coaches and the Dolphins have been an unholy mess, thrown away everything that Shula and Marino built. But this one is interesting, Dan, for a number of different reasons. And forgive me if I yammer for a bit, but it's one of the rare times where I have ever seen in South Florida sports, the fan base outraged on behalf of a coach that this was wrong, that this was shocking. And what's happened since is I've seen and noticed that the timelines, Dan, and you've seen this as someone who knows football on coaches and quarterbacks right now, that thing has been microwave. You get two years, you got two years. I'm going to decide on Tua. I'm going to decide on Joe judge. I'm going to decide on Daniel Jones. It's two years now, coach and quarterback. You better get it done in two years. This guy has had the best two back-to-back seasons schedule-wise, record-wise, that they've had this century, 20 years, Dan, 20 years that swallow Saban, swallow Parcells. This organization has been dysfunctional the entire time Stephen Ross has run it. In a league that legislates equality, in 15 years, zero playoff wins. In a league that makes everyone in the playoffs now, half the teams are in the playoffs now, you got to make the playoffs. And they just fired a coach. The audience thinks it's wrong. The customer thinks it's wrong because coach firings have been all the Dolphins have been celebrating the last 20 years. Every time someone's gone, it's like, good, get out of here. We need somebody new. They fire Brian Flores and now the owner is coming under it. And this part is also fascinating, Dan, just this last part of it. I think they're going to hire Harbaugh. I think they have to do the optics of making it look like they're partaking in the Rooney rule. They're going to hire Harbaugh, it looks like, and while saying they're not hiring Harbaugh, that they're not going to choose that, that Harbaugh has to leave there. That seems like the deal has already been made. They've just fired a successful black coach in a way that is surprising to hire a guy that the optics look like might be a white coach without going through the whole process. Stephen Ross somehow is a booster, managing to cause dysfunction at both Michigan and the <laughs> Dolphins as the owner of, of this thing and all of it seems fascinating to me because today we've been reading the smear campaign is in full effect the owner's getting buried buried and all the details are leaking out that coach was mean he's a belichick guy he didn't get along with people and now he's just getting dragged they're they're dragging silently they're dragging the wronged fired Coach Black, coach who had some success in a microwave league. Sorry if that's a long answer, but it's it's a bit of a labyrinth. The whole thing's got a lot of interesting stuff in it.
0: Two playoffs in twenty years. Yeah, I was surprised because normally it's a coach and GM that are shown the door. This is we'll keep the GM. We're going to get rid of the coach. The coach might have had some uh, language towards Tua. Uh, they weren't on the same whatever it is. I, I get. I was just surprised. But I said at the time, Stephen Ross is saying, hey, I'm not going to take Jim away from Michigan. Well, if Jim wants to leave Michigan, you're not taking him away from Michigan. If you know that he is going to canvas the NFL and go, hey, anybody interested in me, I've taken Michigan as high as I can possibly go. And then Stephen Ross can say, well, I didn't want him to go to the Raiders. I'd rather have him here in Miami if he wants to leave. That's the feeling that I've got with Harbaugh in this situation. And I don't think you fire this coach unless you know who you're replacing him with
4: what a great grift by harbaugh too for five years we were yelling at <laughs> he didn't do anything there he has his one good year he gets dragged by the ceo who used to run the Dolphins. who if he had just made a different decision between breeze and culpepper might still be running the dolphins because you can be good in that league with a drew Brees for a while and it's got a lot of interesting layers, but they've used up all their collateral. You've, you haven't thought about the Dolphins in 20 years unless Richie Incognito, unless one of their linemen is bullying someone, <laughs> or they've got some sort of coach firing. One of the things I find fascinating, though, Dan, this is super interesting, right? Their offensive line, pro football focus, has been doing this a while. Worst in 16 years they've seen in the league. How can you judge anybody that way, <laughs> the quarterback or the coach?
0: Uh, it's good to talk to you. It's Dan Levitard, host of the Dan Levitard Show with Stu Gatz, co-founder of Meadow Lark Media. <laughs> Apologies again, Dan.
4: Uh, thank you. We do have a tiny little YouTube channel. It's not the big thing that uh, Dan Patrick does with Go his Go ahead, life. promote <laughs>
0: everything you want to promote.
4: Levitard and Friends Podcast Network. Just You can find it on YouTube, and we're building something here in the model. I've told you this before. I've told your audience this before. Dan Patrick gave us permission. He left the ESPN. He did it with his family and his friends, and he has been with them. And the audience appreciates that and remains sticky to him because they can see that it's a, a fun little dysfunctional family where Fritz gets away with calling me hmm. uh, Lebelard at Metal Lard. And I'm I'm going to I'm going to hit him in the esophagus when, when I see him. <laughs> okay.
1: My apologies. See,
0: Todd, that's that's how you compliment somebody like It's going to hit
4: me in the esophagus. That's going to hurt. With my foot, I'm going to drop kick you. I'm (laughs) going to, for the first time in 15 years, I'm going to summon the momentum and strength to get this Lebelard up off the ground (laughs) to kick you in the esophagus. Metal Lark media. (laughs) I'm going to disembowel you. Miss Meadowlark. 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 Like Meadowlark. You know, like subconsciously,
0: you must have been thinking something else there.
4: If anything, I
1: was looking at myself in the mirror, and I just was like. No, nice try. I love Dan Levitard, and unfortunately, I hit the wrong key, and you're making a big deal about him.
4: That's nowhere near the K. (laughs) I'm going to disembowel you. It is nowhere near the K. Thank you. Thank you, Dan.
0: See you later, Dan. Love you, buddy. That's Dan Levitard joining us on the program. I can't, That's real, by the way. I have it right. Yes, I have the sheet right here. It, it, it said Meadowlard. Meadow Lord Media, and I go. What? That's just
1: an unacceptable mistake.
0: You did write that, right?
1: I do. Yeah, I did yes, write that. Yes, I'm looking did. at it, and I, there's a D there still. Let
0: me let me take a break here. We'll come back. Now, don't. I don't want you to inundate Levitard with apologies here. If if you. No, I already said I apologize. Like, okay, but I don't want you email or text, and don't do that. I will let it go. Yeah, just just say you know thanks for. For coming on, and, and uh, thanks for being a good they ended sport. Up being very like. funny.
3: Yes, though, it was. Uh, I mean, he,
0: he could be hurt like you were hurt yesterday. <laughs> He'll get over it a lot faster than I do <laughs> Yeah, little The good thing on.
3: is Levitard's fans and the uh, staff that he yeah. has there will not remind
0: him of no, this. No, nobody's going to bring that up. Let's take a break here. How about that? We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Puerto Rico is the new go-to destination for quality investment opportunities, but finding the right projects to invest in can be a tall task. Impeller takes the guesswork out of the equation. Impeller is a new online tool and it's spearheaded by invest Puerto Rico. What it does is facilitate connections between investors and on-island projects. If they, you know, they're going to be looking for capital and you want to find out what's going on from clean energy, tech, healthcare, all sectors, commercial real estate, Plus, Impeller has easy-to-use features. You get right to the deal. You can find insights on financials, company background, leadership, performance needs, all of that, so you can make the right call when investing in Puerto Rico. Visit investpr.org forward slash Impeller and set up your account today. Then gain access to quality, innovative deals that are ripe for the taking Invest Puerto Rico's Impeller is the right move for making the most of your investment. Impeller, your hub for investment opportunities. Puerto Rico, powered by Invest Puerto Rico. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app where other vans stop short mercedes-benz vans go far beyond from their customization options cutting-edge tech five-star sales service financial support crew mercedes-benz vans built equipped and engineered to be ready for anything go the extra mile taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today doug in north carolina hi doug what's on your mind today
2: well, Dan, I was hoping to talk directly to Seaton. Everyone is oh, okay. calling in, okay. uh, um, you wanting need... to go on this big road trip with him. Okay. Uh, Seaton, you want to talk to Doug?
0: Hey, Doug, how you doing? Okay, here
2: we go. Well, I'm fine. I, I don't want to go on this road trip with you, but I have a challenge that I wanted to issue to you, uh, in the, to the big German. If you take the southern route, which will involve going on I-40, which ends in Barstow, California, about an hour and a half away from the stadium, you will pass by the Big Texan, which is the home to the 72-ounce Steak Challenge. This has been on my bucket list for a while. and I Paulie, think Paulie's been there, Doug.
3: Yeah, the big, Tex- the big Texan Steak Ranch. It's right on, off I-40 and outside Amarillo, Texas. Does that sound right? I went there. There was, a, I was yep. driving across cross country to Arizona. There was a snowstorm. We got white out in the panhandle there, and we stayed overnight. I got a uh, chicken fried steak that almost uh, cost me my life. It was fantastic. Did you, so you didn't get, try the seventy-two ounces? No, but we saw some people doing it, and it's like the size of of a grown man's leg, like a thigh. It, the steak is is you need a spotter to carry it. So this it's be, is it between like Oklahoma City and Albuquerque? It,
2: uh, That's yeah, like the it's, roadway, it's, right? It's between yes Amar- Amarillo and, and uh, uh, Albuquerque. I yes, forty, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. Yeah. Do you think, uh, Polly, do you think, after seeing it, do you think Seaton has what it takes to pull this off?
3: You know, he, he's a good eater. This is really next- level category. It, it, it's unbelievable. It, it's like it's basically four good-sized steaks, good-sized steaks. Yeah, yeah. He, Seton's not going to I'm more that. of a petite filet. Yes, <laughs>
0: yes, you are. They'll run you out of there. I'm more of a petite filet. You. Thank you, Doug, though. Uh, that'd be great if you walked in and you go, uh, petite filet,
5: please. Ooh, six ounces. Do you have anything smaller? That sounds like some place to hit, though. I think we might do that. Because that, that looks like it's like sort of in our
0: route. If we you go that have way. suggest, okay, we need to tell people since you can't bring people with you. Once you establish the route, yeah, the audience can help with some of the landmarks along the way that you take this sprinter van out the week before the Super Bowl.
5: Let me um, confirm the route we're okay. taking: route or route, route, whatever you prefer. Okay, we made it to Otto. and then maybe we'll put it in like the uh, newsletter or something.
0: Yeah, and that'd then, be great. And then just get feedback from people of different places, landmarks. And Seton will be stopping along the way in uh, some of our, our favorite cities with our uh, favorite radio markets.
3: Yeah, Paul. That area in Amarillo, North Texas, is where the big Texan Steak Ranch is, also is where we saw a Cadillac Ranch where that guy bought a bunch of old 50s Cadillacs and buried them headfirst into the ground. Uh, yeah. And that's right off the side of the highway as well. Uh, that's fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jimmy in Chicago. Hi, Jimmy. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan. Uh, Bulls, Warriors, I got to go with the Bulls, and I'm, I'm with you. You can't
5: count Jordan out. And um, I'm hoping Seaton can help me out with this. There's a song you guys played from one of your breaks uh, recently, and the the guitar goes like this.
2: So I'm hoping Seaton can help me out with that. And really, really quick, um, along with that, that topic, uh, you guys played a snippet of "Circles" by the band Incubus,
5: my favorite band ever, and that's one of their best songs. All right. uh, so I uh, appreciate it. Hoping you help, can help me out.
0: Thanks. Thanks, Jimmy. Jimmy, eat world. Uh, Seaton, do you know who that is? That would be Dennett
5: Dennett Dunn Dun" by the Dennett Dennett you're not hurt, sure who it is. No, I'm not. I'm not really a name that tune guy, and I can name that tune in four notes.
0: On this day, Led Zeppelin's debut album was released in the United States in 1969. You like that group? Yes, I do.
1: Right, you're fans of those. Yes, Zeppelins.
0: Todd Todd got me some Led Zeppelin books, and of course, got me the same book that Mc McLo- got me the same book that Todd got me. But McLovin in you know, inscribed his. And you didn't, so I gave that book to McLovin so he could take it back. And then, so...
1: But to show that I love you more than McLovin, I actually got you three books.
0: Yes, yes. But he sent me a nice note before he...
1: So I guess they kind of, it's a push. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, a little bit.
0: Seven years ago, I think, on this day, seven years ago, NFC playoffs at Green Bay, Tony Romo, Dez Bryant, And they ruled it an incomplete, incompletion. Dez has his unbelievable grab, takes three steps, goes to the ground, ball pops up, he catches the ball, and it's either a touchdown or down at the one. And I'm not a Cowboys fan, but that to me was not a no catch. And, And by the way, it was ruled down at the one on the field. They overturned that. I remember how, man, we did so much. We talked about that for a couple of days, maybe three days. And even now it bothers me. Paulie showed me the video and I go, God. Des should have been rewarded for that. That should have been at
3: least down at the one. Yeah, Paul. I'm looking back at the articles from 2015. And this was in the days of, was there a football move? Was he Mm. stumbling to the ground or was he launching himself towards the end zone. And soon after that, the NFL changed the language that made that catch would have been clean.
0: I still wonder, you know, they complete the process and you make a ruling. Is there enough to overturn it? What if it was ruled Franco Harris, that ball was incomplete? And, okay, you're going to go back and look at the camera angles? Even with the camera angles, you're not sure. And they didn't have that many cameras back then. But imagine that. Maybe the most famous play in the history of the sport, if they had called it, whatever way they called it on the field, would have stood because they wouldn't have had enough to overturn it. I wonder how many plays in the history of the NFL, if you went back and looked at did you complete the process and all of that nonsense, Like it it felt like more lawyers got involved with the rules and they added more language instead of subtracting the language. So it simplifies what the official, you know, can do and how he can make a call. It's like, we're going to add another layer. And you go back to Megatron when he had that touchdown reception against the Chicago bears and he got up to celebrate and they said, no, you didn't complete the process. And I said, Oh my God, we're in trouble. Now, we it, it doesn't feel like we have those kind of calls, that many plays. Now, we have more cameras, you know, more replay, uh, better cameras. But, golly, you go back in the history of the sport, I wonder how many games, deciding games, you know, what would we have done with the Holy Roller with Dave Casper? Like, I, you know, just all these monumental plays where you go, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, Seaton.
5: But I think part of the problem is that, you know, there are some rules that you clearly need. You clearly need to know when a catch has been established, right? When did you get control of the ball or something like that? I'm not saying that they use that properly all the time, but there does have to be some point in the play where this became a catch. Up until this point, it wasn't.
0: But can you have a catch, lose control, but gain control, and it's the same person? I mean, that's what Dez did. Apparently, as long as it doesn't appear to hit the ground. But I don't think it hit the ground. At least I didn't see it. But that's why, was there enough where you go, Maya, we're going to overturn
3: this? That day it was. Yeah, Paul? This still drives me crazy, and I've said it a hundred times. You don't want to catch, his guy's going for like a down and out, and he catches the ball, gets two feet in, yeah. and goes out of bounds. And he's four or five steps out of bounds, falls to the ground, and the ball flies out. That's not completing the process of the catch because you didn't go to the ground with the ball. Why would something that happens a yard and a half outside the field of play ever be ruled upon in the NFL game? Know. And this has become standard procedure where we are used to it every week.
0: But if you look at you can only you only need one foot in bounds in college, and if you go to your knee, then you're down. Whereas in the NFL, you're not until you're touched. You have to have two feet in bounds. Also, here's another thing that bothers me. When you look at the hash marks, when you're going to kick a field goal, why do they make it tougher for a college kicker than the pros? Because it's way over to the side one way or another. Like, why not just allow it where the, the, you know, why not just have NFL rules where two feet inbounds, uh, if you go down to your knee, you can still get up. And if you're a field goal kicker, that the hash marks are in a little tighter there. Yes, you
5: and why the hell, what, the, what do you mean an ineligible receiver downfield? Why can't a lineman run a certain exactly. length? What the heck kind of rule is that? Ineligible, yeah. ineligible man downfield or whatever the hell? Why, I, why
1: can't he go down the field? I
3: want a new rule. One lineman on each team is allowed to go downfield the whole game. That'd be wild.
1: Yes, Tom. And then you have the cloudiness of the football move after the catch. In certain situations, certain positions with your body, mm-hmm. you can't always make a football move while trying to keep both feet in bounds. And who decides
5: what's a move? And why are there only six people allowed eligible to receive? Why can't everybody just catch the ball? Throw it to the lineman if he's open.
0: When we play in the backyard, everybody's eligible, right? right. Sorry, Stan, you're uh, you went five yards yeah, downfield. Yeah. You didn't. Uh, Barry in Long Island is back. Hi, Barry.
2: Good morning, fellas, and uh, good morning, chat row. Three quick things on uh, Seton's trip: uh, a must stop. Uh, somewhere west of St. Louis, and I swear to God I'm not making this up, it's the uh, Uranus Fudge Company. It's, <laughs> it's a legitimate, I-, I swear to God, you walk in and they say, welcome to Uranus, they ask you how you would like your fudge packed. Number two, the Big Texan is a big tourist trap. I've had, uh, I was there the summer, I've had much better steaks elsewhere. Oh. And number three number three, wasn't Doug in North Carolina the guy that separated his food on the Thanksgiving yes. plate? Yes. I wouldn't I, I would I would not take any advice from that dude. He's bad news. <laughs> Thank you, Barry. <laughs> He's bad news. <laughs> there was a lot of fallout
0: on Doug from North Carolina. Yeah, the food separatist. Prior prior to Thanksgiving and he says that he has to no food can touch You know, the other food group there? Oh, that was wild. And, you know, I kind of ignored it at first, but he called in with a little bit of
5: attitude. Attitude. Okay, yeah, let's see you eat a (laughs) 72-ounce steak. Like what, like I'm challenged people to, like, eat... grotesque amount of food at one time uh, food toucher
0: yeah yes Todd.
1: but no one's saying that big texan tourist trap whether it is or not is about the quality of the food it's about that they offer a 72 ounce steak no one said it's going to be the greatest <laughs> steak you ever ate it's just oh my god imagine trying to eat some of that
0: yeah I'm, I'm sure it is a tourist trap but it's a tourist attraction as well like okay i don't know if you're going in there and you're going you know this steak is not as good as Morton's or Peter Luger's or Wolfgang's. It, I mean, come on. If I said, hey, there's a McDonald's that, you know, they, uh, they have a drive through where you actually go through the arches, and there's only a couple of those in the United States, you don't go through there and go, yeah, but those hamburgers aren't as good as In n Out Burger or who, you know, whatever. It's like you're going for the novelty of that. By the way, I think there's three McDonald's in America where you drive in between the arches to go through the drive through I think, if sources close to me are correct. Yes, Todd?
1: There's a place called Sabaros, if I'm pronouncing it right, in Cheyenne or just outside of Cheyenne, Wyoming, that I think Seton should take a look at. Special place.
0: Mm. <laughs> that's a big whiff. That was uh, good. <laughs> I always good. get made fun of I all know. Of I going mean, to the that's chain not That's not like, good. I know, but we were... Cheyenne. I thought you had something on what I said about McDonald's, which is a fact that could help the audience later on today.
1: Was that, was that interruption worthy? Probably not. It would have made more sense to do something along the lines of McDonald's.
5: What you didn't know, Dan, before you jumped all over Todd, is that the Sbarro's outside of Cheyenne actually serves a 72-pound pizza. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Steve. Ounce. I knew it was something.
5: 72 pounds. It's, it's got a 16-ounce uh, no. pepperoni.
1: And they got breadsticks and ziti and salad and meatballs. It's not just the pizza. No, garlic think it's just pizza.
5: Okay. Five-pound garlic knots there. Everything done out to be a
0: joke, Todd. It's not. Let's take it own. Let's bring it back a little bit. I, let's put it this way. I wish some were jokes. Oh. <laughs> but Man. I would need someone
3: to write them Yes, Pauline. So the Big Texan Steak Ranch, I'm on their website right now, and uh, there is a 72-inch steak live camera. Is so it an th- inch or ounce? 72-ounce uh, steak. <laughs> it's, it's, it might be this both. You could click and watch people try to eat a 72-ounce steak from anywhere you are in the country. What a great country we live in. Good TV. Hey,
0: tune in to watch somebody have a heart attack. I have the
3: rules. The entire meal must be completed in one hour. If any of the meal is not completed, swallowed, you lose. But isn't there a
0: place in Pennsylvania that's got a a hamburger? Yeah. Like don't don't we have that? I think it's Pennsylvania. Yeah, see. I just remember when we did that. Where were we, Paul, that we ate all that
3: food? We were Ugh. in Minnesota and oh we were with the man God. versus food guys and Casey Webb. Good oh. grief. All we were told beforehand is that we're going to a, a bar and grill that makes this burger that's like a four decker burger. Yep. And we thought it was going to be four patties. It was, um, I, I still have my notes. The burger had 8,000 calories. It had like the the burger had like four grilled cheeses on the burger. <laughs> it had four hot dogs slid in there. It was four burgers, four grilled cheese, four hot dogs, and some like brisket on there. Some, some mozzarella sticks in there. Or I something. did feel
0: bad for you guys because I walked in and I thought. You guys look like you're going to get sick. Yeah, it yes. was so gross. Yes, but
1: then there was also like a vat of cheese curds, just like a yeah. side dish, that you had to eat in addition to all those things that were just mentioned. The cheese curds. Cheese curds! <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was a lot of it. If it was just a contest with the cheese curds, that would have been more than enough to eat. Yeah, But it phone. was a side dish. We yes.
3: tried our best to eat this because it was for a TV show, and we did it around maybe two in the afternoon, and it was uh, it was. A uh, traumatic experience physically. We had a work dinner, 6 o'clock that night oh, at a nice steakhouse, I know. and we were lucky enough to be treated to a steak dinner. We were all ordering like salads and crab <laughs> cake appetizers. <laughs> yeah. I was full for a week.
0: How about we take a break here? And uh, once we know the route that Seaton is going to take in the Sprinter van across the country, then uh, we would love your suggestions on places where he needs to stop. We'll take a break. Back after this. You know, I'm kind of envious of Seton. Just go cross-country. Always wanted to do that. Go in that Sprinter van, so you're going to go in style. Huge bucket list for me. Yeah. Driving cross-country. Yeah. Yeah, Paul.
3: Did a cross-country trip with a buddy of mine from college. Right after college, we had jobs waiting for us, but they were like two months away. We, uh, I had a car, and he had a bunch of camping equipment. We're going to camp out. We didn't have much money. And we grabbed all the camping equipment, so we thought. We had this big box that his dad, he was my dad's got this really nice two-person tent. It's really good shape. I'm like, great, great. We get to our first stop. We're in like middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. We open up the box. We have the tent poles, the tent case, the tarp at the bottom, but the tent was not in the box. Mm. So we had no tent mm. for our three-week road trip. Okay. That was great. <laughs> uh, first <laughs> night there, and true story, there was a tornado in Sayre, Oklahoma that night, and we had to run inside like a, like a shelter, and uh, that was our first night.
0: Yeah. Seton's probably going to take, what, six days or seven days to go cross-country? Something like
3: that, yeah. Okay.
5: Yeah.
0: Now, at this time of the year, you have to go south? Well, yeah, I'm, I
5: really want to go sort of like a St. Louis-ish direction okay. and maybe even try to get over towards Denver, but I just don't know about this time of year if that's really possible.
0: You do have to make it to L.A. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I can't take as long as I want yeah, to do it. Yeah, it. can't be that you join us on the show for the Super Bowl, like on Tuesday. A little bit of a deadline there. Yeah. we got to hit Yeah, that. so, yeah, so you, yeah. we're skewing more Southern. And don't, you know, get into a Thelma and Louise type thing, you know, or, or a buddy movie. You know, what was the uh, Charles Grodin and Robert De Niro? Midnight Run.
3: Man, that's it. Was that the first buddy movie like that? That's that's kind of a a peak one because you had De Niro, who was such a big-time actor. But like an adventure
0: or, you know, you have buddy movies where you could have, you know, Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin or, you know, Abbott and Costello. You could have sidekicks there. But that was one of those that it was De Niro showed that he was funny. Yeah, Paul.
3: Even even Rain Man is a bit of a buddy road trip movie in a convoluted way. Charlie Babbitt, about $100. Kmart, Charlie Batman. Cheese
1: balls. Che- Cheese balls.
0: <laughs> Alrighty. Let's see. Santos in Texas joining us on the program. Hi, Santos.
2: Hello. Hey, Santos. Hey, Dan. Uh, my name's Santos. I'm 511, 195. Yep. Uh, first time, long time. Uh, just wanted to call because you guys were discussing the. Uh, does Brian catch, no catch. Um, still hurts me to this day that that wasn't considered a catch. And Tony Romo didn't get to win in his hometown of, uh, Wisconsin and, uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin Our that's where he went to college at maybe. Um, but just wanted to call because I'm really excited for this upcoming Dallas Cowboys versus San Francisco 49ers matchup this weekend. I think this is, uh, probably our best wild card spot that we could have got because, uh, Kyler Murray is undefeated at AT AT&T Stadium. And no one really wants to do a a rubber match where you play an opponent three times in a year, especially a a division rivalry game like that. So, hoping the Cowboys can pull it off.
0: Yeah, I mean, Dallas has always got hype because it's Dallas. You know, there's so many people interested in, in the outcome. You're either rooting for them or against them. You know, other teams... You no, know, you don't have a strong feeling on rooting for or against a lot of these teams that are in the playoffs. But Cowboys, um, you know, they're, they're a fascinating team to watch. I just don't know if they're consistent enough to win three games. Can the Rams win three games? I, I just don't know. Um, you know, Green Bay can. We've seen Tampa do that. Kansas City can do that. Can Buffalo do it? Uh, even if you have an outwire like the Bengals, can you? You got to win three games, and can you win a game on the road? Can you win a game when you're not at your best? Because that that usually happens in the postseason. At least one time, if you're going to the Super Bowl, there's a game where you don't play well, but you still win, and you know that's really key. Yeah, Paul. And,
3: and I've been seeing the reports uh, that the injured players for the Packers are coming back. They're yeah. getting better. Yeah. you would think.
0: What's the weather going to be like in Buffalo? Are we going to have another? New England runs the ball uh, every play except for three. Is there
3: snow there, Todd? I
1: heard early predictions that it could get snowy.
3: Yeah, Paul. I got, uh, is it Saturday or Sunday their game? The Buffalo game. Uh, I think that's Saturday evening. I have
0: Buffalo and New England on Saturday. Um, Kickoff temperature seven. I like it. Seven. Feels like six. Feels like, yeah. (laughs) I like when you see a weather forecast going will be minus 13 and they'll go bitterly cold. Like, I, I don't know if you need to put bitterly cold there. It, I, I'm under the impression that it's It's assumed that it's bitterly cold. Did you check on the McDonald's, the drive-thru?
1: I didn't. I didn't do that. I didn't know you wanted me to check on... Well,
0: you made the joke about I Sparrow.
5: Yes. I did get an update from the... Uh... Listeners, that the Sparrow in Cheyenne has been permanently closed, unfortunately. Ah, Thoughts and prayers. Time
1: to move out of Cheyenne.
0: I think there's like three McDonald's in America that you drive underneath or in between the golden arches. Could you guys find that out? I don't ask much.
5: Yeah. I just keep thinking of John Candy in uh, The Great Outdoors. <laughs> and he's trying to take down the old
3: 96-er or whatever yeah. it is.
5: And the guy's like, it's nothing on that plate but fat and grizzly. Uh,
3: this day in sports history, Paul. 1946, the Cleveland Rams were granted permission to move to Los Angeles. In 2016, the NFL granted the St. Louis Rams the permission to move to the uh, Los Angeles. <laughs> the Rams have been around.
0: Yeah. Uh, highest scoring basketball game in college basketball history in 1992. Troy State versus DeVry, 258 to 149. And I had the under. Yep. Yeah, had the under. That there. beat. Yep, yep. Lost that one by, I think, a couple of points. Uh, Troy State had 51 three-pointers in that game. What did you learn today on this program, Todd?
1: Dan Orlovsky loves him some Joe Burrow and is also a big Derek Carr fan as well.
0: Okay. Seton
5: O'Connor, what'd you learn? There's a major rift right now between Dan Levitard and Todd Fritz. Yeah. yeah.
1: Meadow Lark, not Meadow Lard.
3: Pauly, what'd you learn? <laughs> It's not metalard, but it might as well be for Dan the next couple of days.
0: They say good things come to those who wait. The 2021 Mercedes-Benz SUV family proves otherwise. It takes no time to set up a test drive at your local Mercedes-Benz dealer. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Thanks for the phone calls, the emails, the tweets. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on The Dan Patrick Show.